Hi, and welcome to the Mostly Peaceful Podcast. I am Brian, alongside my good friend, Dane Pavlovich, who is filling in tonight for Tony the Big, who is unable to be here due to an unfortunate incident where he was involved in a horrifying and disfiguring mishap in a lampshade repair attempt gone wrong. But we hope he'll be back with us again next week. But in the meantime, we have the aforementioned Dane Pavlovich, who brings a wealth of knowledge to the world of college athletics, previously serving as a head women's basketball coach and athletic director, dean of students, among other things. What am I missing, Dane? Uh, currently admissions director at small private college in central Kansas. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, it's been a while. We haven't had a chance to talk about the Missouri men's basketball hire since Dennis Gates has been named. And uh, I've got a lot of opinions. Uh, Dane, uh, what's, your, what's on your little mind concerning this hire? You're, you're a K-State fan. Do you, should we introduce you a little bit more other than just your, your overwhelming resume? <laughs> well, I don't know if there's much more to add there. Um, yeah, K-State alum. Um, spent a lot of time coaching, coaching basketball. And, and I, like Brian, have some opinions about um, – you know the the school that I tend to follow for college basketball, although I haven't followed them much uh, as much in the in the past few years. But um, I, on my side, pretty excited. And and but Brian, I know you have some reservations about Coach Gates. Well, and you lived in Columbia. We coached against each other in high school, and you lived in Columbia for many years, and that's why you're uh, very knowledgeable as far as a Missouri Tiger, as far as a Big Eight, as far as a Big Twelve background uh and then also with being a k-state fan so we we're kind of in the same boat with our teams but uh reservations yeah it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's gone back and forth initially uh extremely disappointed with the hire as were a lot of missouri fans i've since gained a little it's gained a little steam with me uh but you look, you know, we have a little game we play where we try to pick who the head coach is going to be hired. And we, we have a little draft and we go back and forth. Uh, and I think we're both reasonable with who I think we should be hiring and who K-State should be hiring. And we had, how many names do we end up with? 12 apiece, like 24 different names. 24 different names, yeah. And and many of those coaches did end up going to the some of the schools, the LSU's, uh, who else was in the school? Xavier. Xavier's. Uh, L- yeah, LSU, as you mentioned. Um, several different schools were, you know, selected the head coaches. Uh, Mississippi State um, selected one of the coaches yep. on the list. But uh, unfortunately and, for us. And K-State did hire one of the coaches that you picked, I think. But I think you might have picked him from Missouri. That's exactly correct. But, but neither one of us put down uh, John Wooden. Neither one of us put down Coach Krzyzewski. We were very reasonable in our expectations, correct? Absolutely. I think we tried to do um, an analysis of who each of our schools could get uh, in terms of who might be available. Uh, Brian, I know you were looking for um, you know, someone with a lot of head coaching experience, some maybe high-level experience, maybe someone on the rebound. Uh, previously on the podcast, you had touted Sean Miller um, as your kind of preferred choice. Which might have uh, been, been pie in the sky. A little bit, but he ended up at Xavier and, um, you know, programs that you could probably say are on par with each other, um, at least in the same conversation about national prominence. And but overall, we're trying to be realistic. And because honestly, Brian, I wanted to beat you and (laughs) I wanted to come up with the Mizzou hire and I wanted to come up with the K-State hire. So we had to be kind of realistic in who we were selecting. But 
when we look back in hindsight, who we actually hired, we hired a guy from the 27th ranked conference, the Horizon League. Uh, here from now on will be uh, referred to as the Ho League. Uh, 27th out of 32 Division I conferences. And when Division, when Power Five conferences hire, and you're not named North Carolina Duke, uh, that's school to the west of us, UCLA, uh, you know, Kentucky, what level of conference, if you're going to get a head coach, what is the term for where we usually get our hires from? Yeah, up and comers. I mean, I think, you know, you talk about the Mountain West of the world. From mid-majors. Mid-majors. Mid, yep. meaning middle of the 32 conferences, correct? Correct. You're probably not referring to the 27th ranked conference. Exactly. Uh, and so that Mizzou hired their coach from. Uh, because I was a little upset and I immediately went to my Google search engine. And there's a neat webpage called Coaching Carousel, coachingcarousel.com, something along those lines, where you can look at every coaching hire in Division One over the last good no, good Lord, who knows how long, 20 years. And, and gosh, I don't even know if I kept all my data from it, but I went back and there was not a, from the, from the whole league, there was not a hire made. The last one I think was 2003. And that was Brad Brownwell, who went to Clemson, who ended up only making the tournament three times in 12 years. But you just don't see coaches from the 27th ranked conference, the whole league, going all the way to power five. You just don't see it. And the point I was trying to make is they go to mid-majors. They have success down at the bottom, Chicago State and and. and and Cleveland State and those Brian, lower Brian, level. Chicago State, Chicago State has never had any success. Okay. So come up with a different for low example, major for as example. far as that goes. Yeah. So they tend to go to mid-majors. And then from the UNIs and the Missouri States, uh, the Loyola Chicagos, those schools, those coaches can then move up to the Power Five Conference. Now, granted, are there any conferences in the whole – are there any coaches in the whole league that are going to become highly successful Division One Power Five conferences. Are there any? There could you know, very well I think, be. I think probably year in year out, Oakland um, is probably the best team in the Horizon League. Um, their coach Greg Lampy is, um, you know, done an amazing job at a at a really different kind of place. Um, but you don't ever hear his name being mentioned uh, for a Power Five job. Maybe that's because he's happy at Oakland. Um, maybe that's because that's the place he wants to be. Uh, but that that jump is an awfully, awfully big jump. And, you know, Brian, you mentioned coaching carousel. I go to coachesdatabase.com, um, and they do a Let's Speculate series um, where they try to predict, similar to what we did, they try to predict who the next uh, head coach is going to be, and Missouri was one of the ones featured. Dennis Gates's name was not on that list, and I think probably a lot of it has to do with that huge jump all the way from the Horizon League uh, to the SEC in basketball. Well, the thing that disappointed me is that we did this back when Frank Haith was hired, and then all of a sudden they, they pull out some name, Frank Haith, out of nowhere. And, it, you know, it's just it's you'd like to think that we can get someone with a little more clout, a little bit closer to reaching his, his true fruition of what he's ultimately going to be. And, um, you know, is it a case of Missouri just not wanting to get dirty with the with the rest of the pigs in Division One college basketball, I don't know. Is it a matter of we didn't have a lot of money and this is the most 
this is the most we can pay a coach. And of all the coaches who looked at our, our package, you know, he's the best one we have. Could he be the next successful Division One coach? You know, remains to be seen. But uh, you just don't you don't want to have to reach that low. Yeah, and Brian, I just a question we haven't ever talked about, but um, one of the names that was um, had a, had a prominent place in, in in my rankings when we were drafting potential head coaches for Mizzou was was Kim English, the alum. You know what what is your opinion about um, how George Mason kind of stacks up with? Uh, the Horizon League. I know you know Kim English had had a little bit of a struggle in terms of win loss record, but certainly a hot name in terms of recruiting. You know George Mason's certainly probably a, a little bit higher school on the echelon in, in conferences and more mid major. See that more mid major. Um, <coughs> you know, would you be a, would you have been okay with a guy like Kim English coming from that kind of background with a little bit of a, a struggle in terms of his first year as a head coach? Well, initially, I did not want Kim English. And as we got closer, and I can't remember what night it was, but as the name Dennis uh, Dennis Gates, as he started, his name started surfacing, then all of a sudden, Kim English, in my opinion, started looking like a, a lot hotter commodity. And I was, uh, was a little bit more excited about potentially getting someone like him who was young, who was energetic, and, and you can see that in him. But I just felt like we should be able to get someone with a little more clout, a little bit more... Uh, having been there and someone who's been at a program three or four years and shown steady improvement and then maybe moved up to a mid-major and then is three or four years there and then, you know, is successful. And, um, you know, I just, I just, it's just a little bit embarrassing and it's a little bit, you know, maybe I have an unrealistic expectation of where Missouri is, but we're just expecting a little more. So what about the coaching tree aspect? We've kind of touched on your disappointment from the low, low major conference all the way up to SEC basketball. Um, coaching tree is something I think a lot of people pay attention to. You know, Dennis Gates comes from the Leonard Hamilton coaching tree. Is that something that initially kind of brought your opinion of this hire a little bit down? Um, you know, you don't hear of a lot of coaches, you know, coming up from Leonard Hamilton and the Florida State program. Is that something you're concerned about as well? So looking at the numbers, Leonard Hamilton's tenure at Florida State can be divided into three periods of time. One, it's the pre-Dennis Gates era, the eight years with Dennis Gates, and then the three years since. And those recruiting numbers uh, were 26.8 without him, 29.1 with him, and then 24.1 without him. So the eight years he was there, was the worst year that Florida State did recruiting. Now, I'm not trying to condemn him at all as far as his recruiting, but that's, you know, that's the lifeblood of a program. And and what is Florida State? What, you know, they're top 30, would you agree? Yeah, I'd, I'd maybe go a little bit higher. I mean, top 30 or lower, a little top 35, maybe even extend down to top 40. And he has had some five stars, um, and, and I, I can't dive into it enough to know who was the one assistant coach that was responsible for him getting to to Florida State campus. But um, you know, that's one of the things they they talk about when they talk about as positive. So hopefully that will come to fruition here. But you know, he you didn't see a lot at at, at you didn't see him out recruiting a whole lot at where Cleveland State when he was there, when I looked at the numbers of the other top half 
of the echelon of that conference, and he wasn't by far heads and away out recruiting them. So those were my initial concerns. Yeah, and another another thing, and just just thinking about you know the uh, winning the press release, all the information that came out about Dennis Gates, you know, talked about. Um, how he was a he was a candidate for all these other top positions. Well, why wasn't number one? Why wasn't he hired? Yeah. Um, I would also look back. He was hired at Cleveland State way late, like late July, um, is when he was hired, and, and did a phenomenal job of of salvaging a season and and, and playing some pretty good basketball by record. Um, just that's all I have to look at. Why wasn't he hired before that? What, what were the reasons why all of a sudden that? He was hired as a, one of the latest coaches in terms of the recruiting cycle, and and how did that how does that play into your thoughts about him being the head coach of of the school you follow? Well, you know, like I said, I just want more years. I, I would have liked to have seen another three or four years at a mid level mid level mid major. His three years at Cleveland State, he went eleven and twenty one his first year, nineteen and eight his second year, tied with either two or three other teams for the conference. Uh, so he won the conference, quote, unquote, and then 20 and 11 his last year. So you didn't see a huge, a huge jump. Uh, I mean, you did from 11 to 19, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm just, you know, from the, from the show me state, you got to show me. Um, so initially, I'm not really, was not really too excited. But all of that changed last week when Hayden Shaw, a four-star player out of Kansas City, Kansas, who had originally not only committed but signed to Missouri, but then was released of his commitment after Conzo was let go, uh, sent out a tweet that he was going to announce at 3 o'clock that day where he was going to go. So I immediately contacted Tony the Vig and said, this is a huge opportunity for Coach Gates. And if he does not capitalize, then it is a huge failure. Uh, Tony the Vig saw otherwise, kind of talked me off the cliff. It was a little bit fatalistic of me to think that. But um, I did say, hey, this is a kid that he should be able to get back to campus. It's a kid who was already familiar with Missouri, who had already committed to Missouri, knew what Missouri basketball was about, what it had been. And this is an opportunity for him uh, to to make some progress or to – make a a huge positive uh, signing. And uh, lo and behold, he does commit. And so then I took the approach of, hey, this is a huge get. It's not going to, it's not the end all be all, but this is a huge get. And obviously Tony the Vig, you know, said, yeah, that's just usual response. But, um, you know, I think it was a big get for Coach Gates and uh, he can recruit four-star players. And um, so now I am suddenly a little bit more positive, a little more optimistic. My uh, optimistic Optimism is waxing. So uh, we will see where that goes. Your thoughts, Coach Pavlovich? Yeah, I think um, it means a lot, especially if um, you're thinking about a guy who was not necessarily a Midwesterner, um, Cleveland State, you know, kind of beginnings of the Rust Belt, and he's able to, to get a guy from uh, the area, the Midwest, Kansas City, just two hours down the road from Columbia, um, after he had decommitted um, or reopened his recruitment, um, to to bring that guy back into the fold, I think it's a I think it's a good sign. Um, you know, there has to be more to come. The Missouri roster was abysmal 
um, depleted, abysmal, whatever you want to call it. So one four-star recruit um, isn't going to necessarily win more basketball games, but it is a nice start for a coach that probably for the fan base had to get that nice start and had to get that first W in the books in terms of recruiting. Yeah, I think it was a huge get. And, uh, you know, it shows as a head coach that he can recruit, even if it is re-recruiting, he can recruit four-star players. So once once he committed to Missouri, then I was back on the bandwagon. And, of course, Tony DeVig was, uh, you know, he'd have no part of it. and Said it was nice, but it's too early to judge, And which I agree. I was being a little bit uh, too down on him in the beginning, maybe a little too excited. But it, it was a good sign. It's a good start. And there's another kid, a kid out of St. Louis, Fort Zumwalt North, Connor Turnbull, a three-star, six-foot-ten player who had originally committed to Butler, I believe, and came out and decommitted from Butler and within 20 minutes was on the phone with Coach uh, Gates. So hopefully if we can open up some of those St. Louis venues, that would be a good thing. You know how hard it's been to recruit there yeah, the last yeah. 20 years. And, and, and really just you know a lot of talk on Twitter about, you know, it was the better program or team, St. Louis or University of Missouri. You know, kind of the consensus, Missouri's a better program, but right now St. Louis maybe has the better team. And if you're trying to recruit against, um, you know, 18-year-olds or transfers who might be 19, 20, 21 years old, you know, they're looking here now. And for, you know, Coach Gates to get somebody, um, you know, from the St. Louis area, and has one from Kansas City. That's a nice bookend um, to start, but that's that's two guys. That's forty percent of uh, of the of the five you put out on the floor. Need a lot of more wins on the recruiting trail for Coach Gates to have um, more success on the court. But started off in the right direction. So, what's the final verdict with Coach Pavlovich as far as the Dennis Gates hire? I just got to be wait and see. I mean, I, I think um, you know maybe maybe we will look back five years from now and. You're grayer, and and I have less hair, even le- even even less hair, and um, you know we we talk about what a great hire that it was, and and taking a chance on somebody who maybe didn't have the pedigree and saw something. The administration saw something in in Dennis Gates that you know had indicated that yeah he is the right guy at the right time for the right job in Mizzou. Um, it is just it seems like such a big learning curve that um, it's going to be a couple of years before I think we really know the answer. Yeah, and he may turn out to be just an awesome coach, but, um, you know, I, I would just – I think Missouri is at the level where they can demand, hey, you know, you may be a great coach someday, but we just need someone who's already shown it. And uh, it's, almost and, like and the, it's almost like the NFL pick that, you know, goes 10th in the draft. You probably could have got him at 22 or 25 – just that reach selection that you know you maybe didn't have to get it right then um but missouri swung it and and we'll see it's off to a good start but we're we're gonna have to see results on the court um you mentioned show me state i think that's probably um mizzou Mizzou fans are probably real interested in a better quality product in the mizzou arena all right briefly uh because we don't spend a lot of time spending talking about that other state out west uh but you are co-host today so uh the k-state hire fill us in i know there's probably a lot of people here who aren't familiar yeah jerome tang long time assistant at uh baylor uh but with scott drew for 19 years um as an assistant coach 
um, hired and, and everybody talks about, ah, this was, this guy was the number one choice. I mean, I had him on the board for Missouri. Um, he was, he was on the board at LSU, um, looking at some speculation. Um, the Baylor program has, has, has obviously had one of the more phenomenal turnarounds in, in college ball, college basketball history going from, you know, where they were with, you know, players murdering at player murdering another player um you know just just and, and not coach lying any, about it yeah, coach lying about it and not playing any non-conference games and then you know they're all of a sudden the power in the big 12 um, coach tang's been been there the entire ride i you know as a k-state alum he did all the right things um said all the right things right off the bat um you know was was present at Mizzou base or excuse me, K State baseball games. He was at K State track and field stuff. Um, you know, everybody was talking uh, from the football program about Coach Tang, and then you know, and then you look a couple weeks later, he's assembled a staff, um, and he has three scholarship players remaining on the team. Everybody else has entered the transfer portal. Um, from an outsider's point of view, Brian, what what do you, what do you think of that? Well. The recruiting is the big part. Has he ever been a head coach? Never been a head coach. Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, he's been a head coach at a high school before he went to high school. Mm-hmm. Well, and how many years was he with Scott Drew? 19. I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time. And, and he knows the ins and outs of everything that Scott Drew does. Uh, you know, there's an old cliche in our former business of that six-inch move. It's only six inches over, but it's a huge you know, it's a huge difference. It's a huge, it's a completely different, uh, you know, job over there, which is true. But when you've been somewhere 19 years, um, you know, at the, as a division one assistant coach, I think, I think you're more than ready. So I wouldn't be too concerned. I, I think I would be more concerned with, uh, Kim English only having one year as a head coach and what four five, six, maybe as an assistant coach, Something uh, like he's, that. He's been at a couple different programs, and he—I don't—I don't—he has not been like the head assistant for 19 years, mm-hmm. like like Tang has been, and I and I think that says a lot. So I think I would be more at ease with Tang than I would someone like Kim English. Uh, but so what? What was the initial reaction from the K State crowd? Extremely positive. I mean, K State's a little bit different of um, an environment. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been all over the place, but. Um, you know, you got to, you know, K-State seems to be very interested in being pretty squeaky clean in terms of, um, you know, the perception of, of the programs outside. Which gets of, you nowhere these days. Uh, yeah, what's well, what's probably got, you know, Coach Weber um, probably had, had necessitated his re- resignation. But um, so, you know, saying all the right things and, and um, you know, making – Make sure to be public and making sure to, you know, just jump all in and, 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 you know, Wildcat Nation, you know, that, that won a lot of people over. I think everybody was waiting to see what Nigel Pack would do, the all Big 12 first team returner for K State. He's in the transfer portal. And, you know, I think um, wait and see kind of approach, the same thing that probably every program fa- program's fan is talking about. But when your best player and probably the lone bright spot in a, in a pretty, frustrating year to be a K-State basketball fan, that guy's in the transfer portal and, and probably won't be wearing the purple any longer. So uh, a strong initial reaction and then nothing has been done to squelch that at all. It's just been continued to be enthusiastic as far as the reception. 
enthusiastic, I think, and um, but you know, a little bit of uh, you know the the beginnings of some you know some murmuring in the background. You know, um, he he assembled the staff pretty quickly. Um, I know that's something that we've talked about before that you know on the phone back and forth. But Coach Gates doesn't hasn't really worked on that yet. Um, it doesn't seem to be. Um, and do you, do you find that a little odd? I when I look back at the dates, uh, Tang hired someone I think six days. And then his second coach was filled the next day, so it was like sixth and seventh day on the job. He and all the way down now, assistant the, coach, the director of basketball operations, has been hired. So, you yeah, know, really, the staff and, is is in place. And uh, Coach Gates, I think it was like thirteen on the thirteenth day, he named his associate head coach, which was a Florida State coach. Florida State assistant coach, and then the next day he also did another coach. But do you find that a little odd that he waited two weeks? You know, it it, it it seems like something that, you know, maybe he's, you know, a couple different possibilities. You know, maybe he's um, a lengthy interview process for a guy who probably knows he has to hit um, on his top assistant coaches. Um, maybe the opportunity that he's looking for, you know, you know, Bob. You you mentioned on the phone what earlier this week a Bob Huggins K State situation where you know unaffiliated with any program um, didn't have to necessarily abide by any NCAA rules. Looking for looking for people who can you know get the right people um, in terms of putting. But the coaches that he in the, but the coaches that he eventually hired were already on staff at Florida State and presumably following NCAA rules there. So it wasn't like he hired somebody who wasn't coaching. So an AAU coach, for example. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's I think that's interesting. I mean, I think you know maybe the work, maybe the work needed to be done by him right away, and he he was trying to put a stamp on it before, you know, he brought some other people in the mix. Maybe this can convince him to do. I I just I think it's two very opposite approaches. Uh, yeah. In terms of you know your first and, few days as a head coach at a at a big at a Power Five conference school. And you know what? If we go 500 next year, I don't think anyone's going to care that it took him two weeks. But, but while we're sitting here waiting, it's like, why doesn't he have an assistant coach? What is taking so long? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do find it a little odd. But uh, um, okay, so well, I guess I mean we haven't solved any of the world's problems as far as our coaches, Dane. We don't I, know I any more now. I, th- I think I'm I'm more excited probably about Jerome Tang than you are about Dennis Gates. I know even with you know some recruiting wins for coach gates um you know overall i you know some question marks and and maybe maybe it needed a complete teardown maybe it's a complete different style of play for k-state um that that needs to happen and you know try to try to bring in his guys so to speak um but um it, it's it's uh I, I feel like i'm a little bit more optimistic than you are at this point for uh for what you're thinking for the leadership of, of your men's basketball program Well, we will see. Well, that is going to do it for today's show. Coach Pavlovich, thanks for joining us. We always enjoy your insight. We appreciate you guys listening. Feel free to drop us a comment via Twitter at SportsJunkiesTU. That is SportsJunkies, number two, letter U. We hope to have Tony the Vig back next week. Get well, Tony.